the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Combat Cast. Man, they call Dave Chevaruni. We're going to talk some UFC London from this past weekend. We're going to talk 277, a little Dana White contender series. Chevy, tell what we got coming up. August 6th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Santos versus Hill. We'll probably talk about Jake Paul's fight a little bit. And then August 13th, UFC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz. And then we'll be on to the next UFC pay-per-view on August 20th, UFC 278 Usman versus Edwards too, and I am very excited for that matchup. Yeah, I was trying to think about that today. I actually looked that up today. So they fought before one time. Right, I believe it was... I mean, long time ago now, but it was on Usman's come up, and he might have been the last person to beat Leon. Yeah, you're right, because he went on that win streak for a long time. And since then, the only thing he's had besides winning was like that one no contest, I believe. I think there was an eye poke or something. Right, with Bilal Muhammad, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Dana White Contender Series first. Joe Pfeiffer got a contract last night. He was the only one, and Dana didn't seem too happy about it. Right, I didn't watch the Contender Series because... It was the first one of this season. I forgot it was on, but I saw a clip. Dana like did a angry rant and mic drop yeah. basically for next week's <laughs> fighters about if they want a contract, they better come out looking for finishes. They better be excited to be there and be fighting for the company and look at Joe Pfeiffer because he's the only one that got a contract. And then he just walked away from yeah. Laura Sanko. Well, that'd be, that's Dana though, right? For years, you go back to that promo he cut on the original Ultimate Fighter where it's like, you want to be a fucking fighter and he says all this shit to these guys legendary yeah so i mean i don't know he knows how to drill home a point for sure yeah yeah he's definitely one of those guys he can rally and it's interesting to see sometimes i'm trying to think 
there was that I saw a clip the other day too, where I think people were asking him about paying fighters, which obviously you know, we wanted to pay the fighters more, but he had paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something to a friend for his birthday, and his response was like, "Hey, quit crying on fucking line. I'll do what the fuck I want with my own fucking money." <laughs> it's just like, all right, yeah. you know, what are you saying to that? Like, you know, yeah, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. I mean, he he doesn't. He's not used to taking people's bullshit anymore, you know. And when you get to that level, you kind of get away without having to do it. So he doesn't tolerate the online shit. You used to see him go back and forth with people online a lot, and you don't really see that anymore. Yeah, he's toned it down, actually. Let's get into this UFC London card. I didn't get to see all the fights, but honestly, some of these results made me sad <laughs> because some of the people I really wanted to win, they didn't win. Let's yeah. start off with, oh, do you want to pre any like undercard fights you want to mention here? No, it was like all decisions except for one of our fan favorite fighters, Makwan Amirakani, Mr. Finland. He got TKO'd. You know, his doing pretty good early on in the fight ended up getting taken to the ground and he just withered under can't even remember his opponent's name now but he he withered under his opponent's ground and pound he was told to defend himself and he couldn't get up and he ended up getting tko'd and i think he had one win in like his last five or six fights he's not popular enough to stick around i'm gonna assume he's gonna be off the roster pretty soon i mean he did win his last fight so that could buy him some time but yeah yeah it's not looking good for Makan. uh he lost to john Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce, yes, that's who it was. Olzemir and Paul Craig open up this card. I did not see this fight. I like Olzemir, but man, I really wanted Paul to win. He'd been such a win streak. I love the story of him where he basically baits people in and gets these submissions. What did you think of the fight? Right, well, apparently Olzemir's been paying attention to all that because he did not let Craig bait him in anytime Craig flopped to the ground or tried to pull a guard or something. Olzemir created space, made him stand up, and he was just the superior fighter in the stand-up he, he fought this very intelligently and you know he went on to win it wasn't super exciting but it was a win for him so good on him bummer for paul craig to open up a european card with a loss like that yeah yeah so somebody finally figured out paul craig's strategy i guess yeah i'm gonna ask you some potential opponents here but we're gonna circle back to Olzemir. molly meatball mccann continues to put on a show on these cards defeats hannah gordy with a spinning back elbow she actually tweeted the rock asked if it was all right if she uses the people's elbow he's super cool and says you do it better than me anyway it's uh, like way to go rock molly good win what do you think yeah hannah goldie had never been finished before and so for molly to be the first one to finish her and, and in that fashion with the elbow again which you know she had just gotten a finish with it's great and she seems like she loves fighting so much she loves the crowd she interacts with the crowd before during and after the fight she was drinking a bunch of whiskey she drank like half, half a bottle of whiskey during patty's fight and shit so she's great i think that especially during those british cards where she really feeds off the crowd and hypes the crowd up it just makes the card much better so good on her she's really dominating in flyweight currently so I i'm not sure who she's going to fight next but she's looking no, great i actually saw so i had an idea i was looking at the top 15 of women's flyweights because she's not technically in the top 15 yet mm -hmm. and i thought number 15 why not start right there amanda rebus you know i mean rebus is a tough town and they're all going to be tough in this division but i think molly whether she wins that fight i don't know but she deserves a shot after her performances on these cards she comes up big i'd say why not to start there yeah i heard that she called out antonia shevchenko 
Hmm. I think matchup wise, that'd be a good fight as well. But yeah. yeah, Amanda, that's a tough fight. That'd be a very good matchup against Molly. I think we'd know where she's at if she fought Amanda. Which is Nikita Krylov. Another fight that made me sad. Alexander Gustafson. Krylov, KO. First round, minute seven seconds. Daniel Cormier said afterwards, it's time for Gustafson to hang it up. He said, there's no disrespect to Gustafson. He said, no shots he took, though. He used to be able to take. The chin is gone. He can't do it anymore. Your thoughts? I know this didn't make you too happy. Yeah, I agree with DC as far as the shot that put Gustafson down is not a shot that would have put him down a few years ago. But I think this is my bias talking and I, I just want to see him not take so much time off. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a super brutal knockout. I assume he has some sort of suspension, but if he doesn't want to retire, I think he needs to get back in the octagon as soon as possible. He can't be out for a year or two again mm-hmm. and then try to get back in there. I, I, maybe this is a ring rust issue. Maybe they can get him in the, like a Bellator or maybe they can give him some fights that he'd probably be capable of winning and again too to your point but maybe quick turnaround we build up his confidence we get some ring time in there and maybe we get the Gustafson of old you know possible I'm not saying that's the case but if you're going to do it that might be the way to do it because obviously in the UFC especially once you've reached his level Kryloff is probably about one of the easiest fights we could have got for him right I lost no chump either. So it's like, it's going to be tough for him going forward, no matter what. But if he wants to keep doing it, I think he needs to get back in there as soon as possible. All right. I said I'd circle back to Oldsmere earlier. That's because I thought this might be an interesting fight. Two light heavyweights coming off a win. Vulcan Oldsmere versus Nikita Krylov. I think stylistically, that could be a bang. Yeah, that's a good matchup. See what happens. See what happens. I like. Ozdemir too, if they ever do fight. I just think he's a little more technical of the two. I would go with Krylov because I think he has more tools. I think Ozdemir's technically ahead of him in the ranking, so I'd like to see it. Maybe we'll see what happens. One fight I did get to watch before I left. I managed to make it home in time, and I got to watch Patty Pimlet. <laughs> How could you miss Patty, you know? I couldn't believe it. Patty Pimlet comes up with the victory. Another exciting fight, too, kind of. There's a little bit of drama where he's, you know, whether he's, like, on his back or taking some punishment, whatever the case would be. There's always seems to be a little drama in the Pinwood fights, but he gets the big victory over Jordan Levitt here. It's exciting. And since I don't want to rush him yet, too, we'll get your thoughts on the fight. I'd like to see us visit that fight against Tapira, I believe his name was, the one that he was going back and forth with last time, who ended up, you know, they got into it. There's a little heat there. And maybe it's time to visit that fight now coming up. Yeah, as far as the Levitt fight, Patty is a slow starter, it seems. And I think he definitely needs to get that sorted out if he wants to move up in these rankings. He's not going to get away with that for too much longer, I don't think. But... You know, when he does get going, he looks great. His grappling looked good. He did end round one on top of Jordan, even though he probably didn't win that first round. But the finish was great, where it put that body triangle on him and he trapped his right arm. You know, when Jordan only had one arm to defend a Mm -hmm. rear naked choke, it was all over then. He was never going to stop that. So good on Patty for finishing him. Gave him the little tea bag at the end. And then, you know, Jordan was respectful and gave him a thumbs up. And, you know, it was all good after that. Shout out to Patty for getting on the mic and shouting out his friend, RIP to his friend. Took his life shortly before that. And Patty pushed through and got the win. So good for him. Ilya Tapura, I think, is a tough matchup. That's it. It is a good measuring stick to find out where Patty is, though. And 
I think at this point with the amount of eyes that he brings to the sport and to the UFC, you know, I don't want to push him too far too fast either, but he's a main event fighter. Those people were there to see him yeah. in in that arena. So they can give him somewhat favorable matchups and still he needs to be a main event going forward, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. And so the cage, my accused point in the comments here, Patty step up in competition and basically not keep beating guys with one fight. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see here. Another comment I want to get to. Topher is rumored to be fighting next. That's um, a super tough fight for Tapura, I think, size-wise. And, and and the striking difference, I think, that's a tough fight for Tapura. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. But I, I get back to Patty for a second, too, though. I think that's the thing, right? His popularity dictates that he's going to be a main event fighter. But is his skill level there yet? It's kind of hard to say. He looks good, but the competition he is facing, obviously, isn't the elite of the UFC yet. Right. So the more they can take the time with him, the better. But he hasn't gone to decision either. So true. So it would be very interesting to see. And with a five round fight, it gives him a little time, assuming you know the cardio is good and he paces himself well. So we'll see. And he doesn't get knocked out. Right, right. Middleweight contender Jack Hermanson defeated Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis had some fun in the UFC, picked up a couple short notice wins. I think it was three and oh going into this in the UFC, but Hermanson gets the decision. Yeah, Hermanson just fought, you know, a very intelligent fight, kept his distance chris couldn't get any offense going against him ended up chasing him around the octagon clearly got frustrated he was flipping him off and you know teasing him after the fight he went off on twitter a bunch too and he was clearly frustrated so you know he walked into a lot of things and i think he needs to go back to the drawing board but short notice fight against a tough opponent I think overall he did okay. I mean, yeah, and it's just, you know, Jack Hermanson's no joke. He's a tough, tough customer. Absolutely. I was thinking of fights he hasn't fought. Like, he lost to Sean Strickland before Jack Hermanson, and, you know, he's got wins over some of the top guys, losses over the top guys. One guy he hasn't fought is Paulo Costa, and Costa, you know, assuming he's still going to be at middleweight, obviously he's big. Well, he's, he's fighting Luke Rockhold soon. He is. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe even the winner or loser of that, yeah, maybe the loser of that one. That'd be a good matchup. Yeah. But Paul Costa, I think, is an interesting one only because I feel like stylistically, Hermanson is good enough maybe to take him to the ground and actually probably submit him. I don't know. I mean, if Costa is a typical, you know, he's got that great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I've never seen it. He's always just knocking people out. So it would be very interesting. Whereas, obviously, though, no matter who you're fighting, no matter who Costa's fighting, you're going to have to be leery of his power. Right. I think, you know, that grappling and his intelligence, he could wear Costa out because Costa does get tired. So yeah. I think that could be part of the game plan as well if, if that fight happens. And then we got Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. Disappointing main event again. TKO knee injury. Blades gets the victory. I'll let you talk about the fight. And as far as next opponent, I'll get you a little thoughts on that too. I was thinking Cyril gone. They've never fought yet. And they're two of the top contenders. Yeah. So the, I mean, the fight was like 15 seconds. So we learned nothing at all from the fight. I know Tom was in a lot of pain. He threw a leg kick and landed on Curtis. And when he stepped back, you know, something in his knee popped. I'm not a doctor, but I know a lot of times when guys, Terry CLs, they, you know, it's a pop and then you can still stand on it, but you just, you lose stability. Well, Tom, he was so in so much pain. It looked like he broke a bone or something. I have torn both of my MCLs in my knees and it is different. It's the other side of the knees than the ACL. So those are super painful, immediate pain. So I'm hearing that that might be part of what he had. It was an MCL, maybe some meniscus tears, but luckily that would be a faster recovery time. 
instead of a whole year, he'd be out, you know, six to eight months. So hopefully that's, you know, not something that's going to hamper him going forward in his career as he's still young and great prospect. As far as Blades, yeah, Tai Tuvasa and and Gon are fighting. I think, yeah, I, I think that Blades needs to fight the winner and the winner fights the champion depending on what's going on with Nganu or John Jones and Stipe, whatever. Blades fights whoever wins this fight. We shall see what the future holds for Tom and Curtis. Disappointing result, no matter how you look at it. A couple weeks in a row for UFC having these freak injuries, too. Hopefully that won't be the case this weekend. UFC 277, Pena versus Nunes, longer-rated rematch. Randy Osga asking, does Pena win again this week? We're going to talk about that pretty soon, Randy. Before we get into this main card, any preliminary fights you want to bring up yeah i'm a fan of Dracar Closa. he's fighting rafa garcia that's a good matchup and then alex moreno's fighting matthew semelsberger that's a good matchup too yeah alex moreno good prelims. he's got wins over mickey gall cowboy cerrone yeah i gave a hell of a fight to anthony pettis so he's been in there like with well-named fighters maybe not at their prime but people that have names like moreno's i've been around he's a tough customer very tough yeah picking off the card anthony lionheart smith versus magomed ankaleoff anthony Anthony Smith is 30 and 16, 20 KOs, 14 subs, two decisions. He's had performance of the night six times and the sixth highest finish win percentage in UFC history. That's one thing about Smith. I don't know if he gets credit for, but this dude's a fucking finisher and a half. Now his opponent, Magomed here, he's 17 and one, nine KOs, eight decisions. He's had performance of the night three times. That one loss is to Paul Craig, where he basically was a fight he was winning and he got caught with a submission with one second left in the fight. He tapped out. This guy's basically undefeated. I don't think this is going to be much different, although I think Anthony Smith is always a stern test, and you never know. But I gotta have Magomed here, and I'm gonna say decision. Yeah, Magomed is a Dagestani with no submission wins. I mean, no. he has that one loss that you talked about that was a submission, obviously, his only loss. But I, I think that's funny. It doesn't mean he can't wrestle because he, he absolutely can, but he is creative with his striking, powerful and creative. But Anthony's been in there against the best of the best, you know. Glover, John Jones, you know, he's been in there versus everybody. I'm going to go with the unpopular opinion that he's going to pull it through, pull through with his experience, and he's going to frustrate Magomed with his fight IQ. And I'm going to go with Anthony Smith by decision. Interesting. I I hope you're right. I like Anthony Smith. He's one of those good guys. I think he gets shit on sometimes because of his record and stuff like that. But he's always fought quality competition. And I always think he generally looks like he's improving a lot of times. Right. He's been all over the world. This being talked about on his podcast that he does with Anthony Smith, that Anthony Smith hasn't been there because he's been all over the world training for this fight. So he's trying to improve wherever he can get it. Quick sidebar. Michael Bisping's podcast. You a regular listener? Not regular. You like it? So what you've seen though. Yeah. Okay. okay. I love Bisping. Can yeah, I'm going to give it a listen. So that's why I was wondering. Alexander Pajejo. I think I'm saying that right. Pink. Pintoya, I think. Pintoya? All right. Versus Alex Perez. Alexander Pintoya versus Alex Perez. Pintoya is 24 and 5, 8 KOs, 9 subs, 7 decision. Nice variety. Fight of the night one time, performance of the night twice. And Alex Perez, 24 and 6. The record's almost identical. 5 KOs, 7 subs, 12 decisions, performance of the night twice flyweights always have to be super well-rounded so that's why you always see a good mix of yeah. KO submissions and decisions i'm gonna let you go first on this one who do you think is winning this 
I think this is actually a very good matchup, pretty evenly matched between most guys. But I think ultimately Alex Perez's ground game, he can't outlast Pantoya on the ground. So I'm going to go with a third round sub for Pantoya. Oh, it's like Cage Mark, you agrees with you. He says Pantoya by sub. Perez has put himself into bad situations at times. Okay. Well, since I'm not really sure, I'm just going to ride that train with you guys then. And I'll go with Pantoya as well. Decision. That takes us to our boy Derek Lewis versus Sergi Pavlovich. Pavlovich. Pavlovich is 15 and 1. 12 KOs, three decisions, performance of the night twice. And Derek Lewis, we know about this guy. He's 26, 9 and 1, 21 KOs, one sub. Derek sub. Four decisions. And Derek has most knockouts in UFC history. Yeah, so most knockouts in UFC history. So forget about the rest of that. This guy is performance tonight four times, fighting tonight three times because he's had a lot of comebacks. He's never out. I feel like he's always usually not the most skilled fighter in the room, though. He ends up just that power. So does Derek Lewis catch him with his power here? So I think that Sergi is faster than Derek, and he's technical enough to avoid Derek's big shots but land his own. Mm-hmm. Plus, Derek doesn't have a very good... This fight is taking place in Dallas, and Derek doesn't have a very good record in Texas, in his home state of Texas. So I'm going to go with Pavlovich by KO in round two. And it hurts me to say that. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, and Cage my Q2 also jumping in here. I don't want to go against Lewis, but Sergi has an eight-inch reach advantage too. That's something I didn't know. And he can match Lewis's knockout power. Well, that's interesting to say he can match out Derek Lewis's knockout power. I mean, you never know. I mean, it's heavyweight, but boy, Lewis hits so hard. That being said, that eight-inch reach advantage is an into game player. And you take in consideration that Derek does tend to freeze up in his home state. I'll go with Sergey as well. I don't think Derek's going to get finished in round one, but I don't think his cardio will take him to round three. So I'm going to agree with you. Round two. Let's see if we can disagree on something here. This might be the fight. Brandon Moreno. I don't know if we're going to disagree completely. Maybe how it gets it done, though. This is actually an interim flyweight championship fight, I believe. I don't actually have that in my list, but I believe that is. Against Kai Car France. Kai Car France is 24-9-1, 11 KOs, 3 subs, 10 decisions. Fighting a night twice, performance a night twice. Moreno is a former flyweight champion. Fighting a night two times, performance a night three times. He's 19-6-2, 3 KOs, 11 subs, 5 decisions. He's had some crazy wars with the champion Ferguson Davidson Figueroa Davidson Figueroa thank you just all around wars I like Brandon Moreno I know we both do Kaikar France is on a roll right now too though it's an interesting fight I think Moreno will get it done I think this is going to go decision though yeah, this is an interim title fight I looked it up while you were giving your take but I'm super torn on this one I think they're incredibly evenly matched but I think the fact that Brandon already has a win over Kaikar France is going to give him the confidence to go out there and you know be the best Brandon Moreno that he can be and when he is at his best I don't think anyone in that division beats him unless you know a Cejudo comes back or something like that but currently I don't think anyone at that division beats him but I'm gonna agree with you I think this goes to decision and I'm gonna go with Brandon all right I would not be surprised if Kai won because it's so evenly matched but I'm gonna go with Brandon by decision okay tomorrow who agrees with both of us we are agreeing everyone let's see if we disagree on the final one Amanda Nunes, 21 and 5, 13 KOs, four subs, four decisions. She's the former UFC Bantamweight champion, five Cecils for the title defenses. She was a UFC, or she is the UFC women's featherweight champion, still actually. First woman in the UFC to win two titles. I mean, this, she, she's a legend. <laughs> Kenya, 11 and 4, three KOs, five subs, three decisions. Not a lot of fight experience, but, she, but you forget she was on the Ultimate Fighter, which she won, by the she way. She won the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. yeah. And she's the current Bantamweight champion. 
And she pulled off the biggest, one of the biggest upsets of all time in the last fight. Last fight, I was thinking about picking Pena, and I didn't because Nunes was such a beast. I regretted that. Good chance Nunes is probably going to win and get her belt back, but I'm not going to make that. I'm going to give Pena the credit I think she deserves, although it will be a completely different fight this time, I have a feeling, but I'm going to go with Pena. I'm going to say she grinds it out and think she's going to get another TKO win because I think the key to victory here is to tire out Nunes, and I think it will be to push her and to push that pace where she wears down. So I'll say TKO round four. I think we're going to see a very good Juliana Pena because she's going to be hungry to prove that that was not a fluke that she beat Amanda, she was confident she was going to win that fight all throughout fight week and leading up to the fight. But that being said, I think that Amanda learned a lesson that she is not invulnerable and she may be the greatest women's fighter of all time, but she can't take these fighters, these girls lightly. So I think you're going to see a hungrier Nunez that bodes ill for Pena. I think you're going to see Amanda use a little bit more grappling, be much smarter in the fight, not just try to get into a firefight and i think she ends up getting on top and i'm gonna go noon nunez by ground and pound in round two okay i think we all agree this is good on the first one and the last one Hey, Jamarcu, Nunez has cardio issues in five-round fights and has to finish early to win. I think this that's true to a point, but she did go to some decisions with Shevchenko later on. So I, I think she's definitely fixed that. I mean, it's not as bad as it once was. It used to be a real, real issue. I think she sorted it out for the most part. But it didn't look like in the last fight, but I think that's something to do with how you train and pacing. So I don't think cardio is obviously her strong point, but I think going into it this time, I think she'll be fine, but I think, like, again, the reason why I'm picking Pena, I think Pena will push that pace, and I think she will expose that. But I don't know if it's the weak link as much as I think Pena is going to be really a stylistically, I think she's a problem. And I think that's why she got the win the last time. Mm. But we'll find out. Chevy, why don't you hit people up? We got coming up one more time. All right, August 6th. UFC Fight Night Santos versus Hill. Probably preview Jake Paul's fight. And then August 13th, UFC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz. And then the end of August, August 20th, we'll be previewing UFC 278 Usman versus Edwards 2. It's a great matchup. I'm excited for that one. Absolutely. All right, guys. There'll be some fun fights coming up. Thanks for tuning in to the Combat Cast. See you at the fights. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 